0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
1: Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line.
0: Powered by Seahawks.com.
1: Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
0: Now, here's your host, NASA Choby. Welcome to another edition of Hawk Talk. This time we're looking ahead as the Seahawks getting ready to take on the Washington Commanders and try to wash the taste out of our mouth from that game against Baltimore Ravens this last Sunday. Get back on the winning track. So, it's Wednesday. Pete Carroll's flipped the script. It's competition Wednesday here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. So, let's flip it ahead to those Washington Commanders. What's on tap? What's on tap? Washington is 4-5, third place in the NFC East. They have wins over the Cardinals, Broncos, Falcons, and Patriots. Losses to the Bills, Eagles, Bears, Giants, and Eagles again. Now, bump, after a 2-0 start, the Commanders, you know, they had a tough stretch where they lost five of six games, including two actually competitive games against the um, the Eagles. And then they were blown out at Buffalo and then pretty much blown out against the Bears, which was kind of surprising. But uh, now they've kind of... they. Stop the bleeding, if you will, trying to turn the tide well for them as they beat the Patriots 20 to 17 this past Sunday.
1: I mean, yeah, and let's talk about that game, but but let's get right to the end of the game, right? They were trailing 20 to 17 late in the fourth. Uh New England had a chance actually trailing. The Patriots inched down the field and they converted on a fourth and four. They kept their hopes alive. The vibes are good for those guys. But two plays later. Mac Jones did what Mac Jones tends to do as of late, trying to find Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been a disappointment over there for the Patriots. I bet I thought they was going to get more than what he's been giving them. Um, trying to find Juju, that pass was intercepted by Martin, and that pretty much sealed the win for Washington. The Patriots have dropped to two and seven for the first time in Bill Belichick's uh history there as a head coach. That's going all the way back to two thousand. They're now zero and five in non-divisional games. The only team in the NFL without a win. Outside their division. That's wild. And this was the first win for the commanders uh, in New England since 1996. Come on now. Goodness gracious. Man, and Mac Jones, he's still struggling. Uh, He went 24, 44, 54% completion, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, Stevenson, the running back for New England, led all ball carriers for New England with 87 yards, 09 carries and one touchdown. Yeah, man, 96 like ninety six. Come on now. I mean, Fresh Prince is on right. the air.
0: Montel Jordan, <laughs> this is how we do it, just came out. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. We'll we'll get into some of these matchups in terms of guys on the commanders. But Brian Robinson, Jr. had a good day. Terry McLaurin is that dude. So, you know, a lot of people are looking at this game. Bump as kind of a get right game. And I hope it is for the Seahawks. Obviously, this team is not the Baltimore Ravens by any stretch of the imagination. But they're still a good team. It's the National Football League. They're four and five as we get into this head-to-head matchup. Starting on the offensive side of the ball, Seahawks are 20th now in the NFL, dropping a little bit, averaging 311 yards per game. Running the ball, they're 23rd, averaging 97 yards per game, drop below the century mark there. Pass offense, they're 19th in the league at 214 per game, and then points per game, they are tw- 17th, averaging 21 points per game. On the other side, the Commanders are 17th in total offense, averaging 332 yards a game. 26 against the run, averaging 90 yards per game. Ninth when it comes to the pass offense, 242 yards per game. So Sam Howell's throwing that thing. And then points per game, 18th in the league, averaging 21.2 points per game. So on paper, other than the pass offense bump, these guys are pretty well evenly matched. Again, I think I would take the Seahawks guys in terms of this roster talent versus the Commanders, but they're playing some good football. We got some good dudes offensively.
1: Yep, and on the other side, let's talk about the defense. The Commanders no longer have Chase Young or Montez Sweat. They're twenty eighth overall, giving up three sixty eight a game. The Hawks twenty fifth, giving up three fifty four. Rush defense, the commanders are 20th, the Hawks are 21st. Pass defense, the commanders are 27th, the Hawks are 20th, giving up 232. Then points allowed, the commanders are 30th, and the Hawks are 22nd. The commanders giving up 272, excuse me, 27.2, and the Hawks giving up 21.9. Average time of possession, Hawks have it about 26 minutes, commanders 30. Last week, Really messed that number up a bit because it felt like the Ravens had the ball the whole game, but they both have six interceptions as well. On paper, man, this is an evenly matched team. I mean, the numbers aren't too far apart on offense and defense.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And unfortunately for the Seahawks, all of these numbers kind of took a hit after last week, especially bump. We talk about defense. The Seahawks, we'll talk about this a little bit later. One of the best rushing defenses in the league. Unfortunately, when two ninety eight gets put up on you. Those numbers are going to inflate a little bit. But you mentioned it. These teams are very close together in terms of statistics. Hopefully the Seahawks get the edge on the field. But let's hop back in the Wayback Machine. Know your history. Know
1: your history.
0: Commanders actually lead the all-time series 13-9. The score six to 13 in the regular season, with the Seahawks, though, holding a 3-0 advantage in the postseason when it counts. The last time these two met, uh, the Seahawks lost a heartbreaker on Monday Night Football back in 2021. And this was a, that was just a tough stretch right now for the Seahawks at 2021, last time t- these two teams played. Because you had Russell Wilson who, who broke his thumb, and then he was rushing to get back. In the first couple games he was back, he was not himself. And this offense did not look very good, and this was right in the middle of that. It was a slow game in the first half as both teams went into halftime tied at nine. And the final two points were actually scored by Seahawks uh, defensive end Rasheem Green after an extra point was blocked. And he ran that back for a two-point conversion, which made the score nine to nine. The Hawks weren't able to get anything going in the second half after JD McKissick had a 10-yard touchdown. That made the score 17 to nine. Russell Wilson tried to find some of that end of the year magic, taking the Seahawks on a 10-play 96-yard drive, ending in a Freddie Swing touchdown. That made the score 17 to 15. Unfortunately, Russ was picked off in the end zone for the two point conversion. And then the Seahawks would line up, get the onside kick. Everyone's excited. They have a chance. They're going to be almost in field goal range. But unfortunately we had to learn the rule book a little bit, all of us, because we didn't know what happened. I guess Nick Bloor lined up in illegal formation. You can't be inside the hash. They flagged us. Obviously we didn't get the second onside kick and lost that game. And the Seahawks fell to three and eight. And, um, their kind of postseason hopes were dashed at that point. But that was a dark time. We're not in that dark time anymore. <laughs> the Seahawks are in a much better place, but it was a rough go for the NFC West last week. What's the word?
1: Where my soldiers at? Where's Where my soldiers at? Where's And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? Here's what's going on in the NFC West. The Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers are locked up at the top of this thing. They're both 5-3. and three. The Rams are 3-6, and six and the Cardinals are 1-8. and eight, But they got Kyler Murray coming back this week, so we'll see how they look. Uh, the 49ers were on a bye last week. They're going to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. But the Rams were active, and now uh, they matched up with... The Green Bay Packers. Now, these are two teams that are on the struggle bus is trying to get things right. The Packers have lost four straight. The Rams lost three in a row, lost four of their last five. Um, but the Packers still got the job done. 20 to 3 was the score. But you can uh, point a lot of that to the Rams quarterback situation, man. Uh they didn't have Matthew Stafford. They did sign Carson Wentz um this week. So you might see him. But uh they had our guy Brett Rippin'. Is it Rippin or Ripping? I always get confused. When I read that name. Pretty sure it's ripping. Ripping? Yeah. Ripping? Ripping. Ripping. All right. That's a better quarterback name anyway. You better rip it, dog. Red ribbon. Um, he made the start. He was 13 and 28 for a buck, 31 interception and one fumble. Uh the fan the Rams failed to reach the end zone. And adding insult to injury, the Packers started. Two seventh-round picks at corner, and they were still able to get it done. Cooper and uh, Puka Nikul, one of the best one-two combos in the league, were held to five receptions and 80 yards combined. Royce Freeman was the Rams' leading rusher. He had 32 yards on 12 carries. Not a great day. Then he had Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Love played all right. He was 20-26, 228, and one touchdown, and Adam Jones was the leading rusher. He had 73 yards for 20 carries, and uh, now... Carson Wentz and the Rams. It feels like I've seen him in that jersey already, but I know I haven't. I don't know why this just feels right to me for some reason that Carson Wentz is uh is playing on the Rams now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. When I saw that news come across the ticker, I was kind of like, interesting. Okay, but hey, guess what? I mean, you do what you got to do. Stafford's out. But I will say we, we'd we be remiss if we didn't show some love to Brett Rippin because Brett Rippin is actually from Washington. He went to Shadle Park in Spokane, Bump before going yep. to Boise State, was a Washington State player of the Wazoo, year in 2014. Uh, Boise State, I said.
1: Now nah, he went to Wazoo, too, didn't he? Uh, Spent some time there. Did he, did he yeah. spend some time there? Okay, yeah,
0: okay. I got you, I got you. Yeah. I, stand, I stand corrected. Um, <laughs> but, you know, three-time All-State. So, shout-out to Brett Ripon. Sorry it didn't work out there in L.A. Carson Wentz, though, you think he's got anything left? Anything left in the tank?
1: I mean, he can throw the ball. You know, I don't think I think the arm is still there. It's the reps is the decision making. This could be imagine how crazy the story could be. If Wentz gets to L.A. and starts balling, finds a fountain of youth and does this thing. Chances are it ain't gonna happen, but it'd be a cool little story.
0: Well, if that does happen, I hope it happens after the Seahawks play the the Rams next week after this matchup. But if there was going to be a coach to do it other than Kyle Shanahan it's probably Sean McVay, right?
1: Yeah, it is, man. You, all that deception and motion and crossing patterns and just look, throw it to the open guy. Easy game, right? Throw it to the open guy.
0: Hey, and, and when you get to the throw the ball, the Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, I, I wouldn't mind that job myself. Anyway, let's let's flip it over to the other game in the NFC West. The Cardinals taking on the Browns, and this just rounded out an, an awful day for the NFC West. Cardinals shut out 27 0 to Cleveland Browns. Joshua Dobbs, who's now doing his thing in Minnesota. So the Cardinals, they turn to Clayton Toon. Fifth round pick out of university of Houston and man, did he have a brutal day in this first start, 11 of 20, 58 yards, two man. picks sacked seven times. And I think he had a fumble <laughs> in there as well. Uh, <laughs> the Cardinals only ran five plays, five of their 48 plays on the Cleveland side of the field and didn't get deeper than the 44 yard line. Arizona had 31 yards at halftime and of the Cardinals' six possessions in the first half, it went punt, 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 interception, punt, punt. So not a good day for them. Deshaun Watson came back to the lineup. He did okay, 19 of 30, 219, two touchdowns. Mark Cooper also had a pretty good day. Arizona now, though, is lost six straight in one and eight on the year. I know you mentioned Kyler Murray coming back, but woo, things were not good down there in the desert. But the NFC West last Sunday, 0 3. Lost by a combined score bump of 84 to
1: 6. Yikes. Damn. Goodness gracious. Hey, and James Conner might be back too. So, you know, maybe that'll help AZ a little bit. But uh NFC West struggled last week. Goodness gracious.
0: Yeah, let's hope. I mean, I don't mind if the other team struggle, as long as the Seahawks are not a part of a graphic like that or a stat like that next week, I'll be straight. But let's get back into the commanders. Man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. We usually start with the quarterbacks and nothing's going to be different today. We're starting with Sam Howell taking on the Seahawks defense. And for those who don't know a lot about Sam Howell, I'll I'll learn you up a little bit here. Sam Howell's in his first year as a starter for the Commanders. He was drafted in the fifth round in 2022. Although hearing from different sources in the Commander's front office, apparently some people said they would have targeted him in the second or third round had they not traded for Carson Wentz that offseason. He was a three-year starter at North Carolina. In his junior season, he had a, he went nuts. He had th- over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, awful rain for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns, finished his college career with really gaudy, ridiculous stats, 10,000 yards, 109 touchdowns. But when he started last year, he was the number three quarterback behind Wentz and Ta- Taylor Heineke. Then Wentz broke his finger. Howell got elevated to the backup when Taylor Heineke came into the game. He stayed that way till week 15. Then Washington got eliminated from the playoffs a couple weeks later. And then, you know, Ron Rivera and those guys who want to see what they had with Sam Howell. They put him in the lineup. They get a win over the Cowboys, 26-6. to He played well, 11-19, 169 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Also ran for a score. So then he fast forward the offseason. Heineke signs with the Falcons. Carson Wentz gets cut. Then Hal gets into a battle with Jacoby Brissett in the preseason. He wins that battle he's actually playing some pretty good football bump. The last two games, he's gone over 300 yards and a tough loss to Philly. He had 397 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. So on the year, he leads the National Football League in passing yards at 2,471. He's got 14 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Also a little elusive on the ground, 29 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown. So he leads second in the league in passing, but also leads the league in interceptions, and has been sack-bumped forty-four times
1: this year, dog. Dang, forty-four them things. What well, was uh fifty-something was was Russell's high last year? He almost there already. Uh, they got to protect this dude. And watching film, he could play. At first, I was when I heard the organization say this is our guy for the future. I'm like, I right, yeah, we'll see. I turn on the film and I go, second-year guy the way they use him, I can see him developing. And I think he's going to be the minimal standard of what a quarterback can do because nowadays as a quarterback, you got to be able to run even just a little bit. And that's what what, what how can do. He run more than just a little bit, but I'm looking at him and I go, he might be okay in this league, but let's not hope he gets it right, even, even more right this week. But uh, it ain't going to be easy. I think people see commanders and see Sam Howell and think that it's just going to be a wash, but nah, I don't think so. Let's talk about our quarterback, though. We got Geno Smith, man. Um, It was a tough one against the Ravens for sure. He was under pressure a lot. He was pressured on 49% of the passes that he threw, which is uh, his second highest of the year, I believe. He finished 13-28, to 28, 157, zero touchdowns, one interception, and a fumble. We got to knock out those uh, those turnovers, man. Um, As he has fallen previous losses, quarterback Geno Smith was quick to say, look, it's all on me. It's all on me. And that's what I like about Gino, man, is that he's going to say the right things. But then Carol comes back and says, look, I don't think it's all on Gino. Um, It's about our football team not answering the bell here. We couldn't get it done, which is true. It was not just Gino. All of us in line struggled with the blitz. Receivers weren't getting open. You know, there are some things that everybody could do. Play calling could have been a bit different. It's a team sport. So right. I love that. Gino, I mean, excuse me, Curl came back and said, look, man, it's not it's not on him. He says, uh, we struggled across the board on offense. Everybody has some difficulties in this game. It just added up to where the quarterback is in the middle of that as well, Curl said. And the quarterback's going to get the bulk of the blame, right? He touched the football every single play. So I think Gino understands that. Curl understands that. He comes out and says, look, get off my boy. He's going to be okay. All right, so the reason why people are all up in arms about Gino is because last year they see... A uh, underdog, hit the seam, and perform at a high level. So at this time last year, he had 1,900 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, and has been sacked 19 times. So far this year, he's about 120 off of that pace with yards or 1,800, nine touchdowns instead of 13, and seven interceptions instead of three, and 18 sacks instead of one. So obviously there are some, some differences there. But I also think that he's dealing with an offensive line that hasn't been healthy. And um, you re- you played a hot team. Like, if you win this game or even if you lose this game and you just put up a fight, I think people feel different about Gino. But people are quick to want to replace dudes, and I don't understand that. Because this is a guy who needs 26 completions to pass Kitna for sixth place on Seattle's all-time completion list. He needs six touchdown passes to pass Kitna on fifth place when it comes to all-time all-time touchdown list. This year, he's completed 65% of his passes. I'm just saying, not making excuses, but you gotta people gotta realize that the neck bone is connected to the the, <laughs> the <laughs> head bone, the cranium. I don't know, you know what I'm getting here, yeah. man. Like everything's connected. It's not just Gino. Can he play better? For sure, he can play better. But uh, come on, man, help him out. I, I mean.
0: When Pete talked this week, he couldn't even believe it in the post-game press conferences. People were like, wait, are you alluding that there's a quarterback controversy here? We're like, What? What are you talking about? <laughs> and I feel the same way. Listen, would you like some of the turnovers back? Of course. Is the quarterback always going to get more blame than they deserve and more credit at times? Yes. Yeah. But Gino literally set every quarterback record in this franchise last year. People forget that. All the great years Russell had, Gino had the, the best statistical season a quarterback has ever had here. Last year.
1: Crazy.
0: And he, I mean, again, I think people just kind of forget, and it's important, it's context. You face the top two defenses in the NFL back to back weeks. I mean, that's part of the story. Can the Seahawks play better? Of course. But I, I think people need to, and that's not even, that's not a slight at Drew Locke either. Drew Locke can play no. as well, but this is Geno's team. He's proven that it's a little bit of a rough patch, but he'll be all right. And then the hey, same, go. Playoff
1: teams don't change quarterbacks midseason. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. You don't do that. This is a playoff team, right? So they took an L. Like, relax, folks. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Come on, man. And, and also, we'll see what happens this week. And, and
0: I think Gino's yeah. going to play a lot better. When you look at the defense, we kind of broke it down earlier. They're 28th in total defense, 27th against the pass, 30th in points allowed, and they're 12th in sacks. And they don't have their top two dudes on defense. There's no Chase Young. There's no Montez Sweat. Those boys are out of there. So I'm thinking it's going to be a much better favorable matchup for the Seahawks. So I'm looking forward to that. Geno's going to bounce back. Come on baby. Everyone chill Seattle. Get behind your man. Number 7 is is the guy for us right now. Um look at another matchup. Scary Terry they call him, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Terry McLaurin <laughs> uh taking on the Seahawks secondary and he's he's an elite receiver bump. He got paid, I believe it was going into last season off his rookie deal. He's had three straight 1000-yard seasons. Looking to become the first Commanders player to ever have four consecutive 1000-yard seasons. 151 yards away from 5,000 in his career. He was all rookie in 2019 and was finally made the Pro Bowl last season. And this is what's really impressive, Bum. I looked at this and I'm just like, wow. He, the, Here are all the different starting quarterbacks that have thrown him a ball since he's been in Washington. Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, R.I.P., Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, Colt McCoy, Garrett Gilbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz, Sam Howell. So. Dang.
1: There's your... any pro bowls on that list. Carson Wentz was a pro bowler once, right? Not Alex in Smith Washington. Was a pro bowler once. Not in Washington. Yeah, not in Washington. Not when he, he was, was... <laughs> in, uh, San Fran.
0: Right. Uh, so I mean, yeah. So the fact that he's still putting up numbers with all those different characters thrown in the football is just really just, you know, a testament to him. And he's also super durable. He's only missed three games in five years. He's got 568 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches over 20 plus yards. So the Seahawks secondary, they're gonna they're gonna have their work cut out for him, but
1: yeah, man. Uh he's a baller. And he's got some help too, man. I really like uh Dotson too out of the kid out of Penn State. He has 34 receptions for 360 and three titties. Uh Curtis Samuels having a decent season, too. 35 receptions, 333 and two. And then Logan Thomas, the reset, uh, the excuse me, the tight end, has 33 receptions for 311 and three touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, man, Devin Witherspoon, let's go. He's six in the NFL when it comes to passes to defended. Let's, let's bump that thing up. And you can't sleep on these dudes. Uh, but I think a fan favorite, uh, Brian Robinson Jr., the running back for the Commanders, um, is somebody you should know if you don't. If you don't know his story, man, at the end of 2022 preseason, he was shot multiple times during an attempted carjacking gone bad. After surgery, Robinson was back on the field six weeks later. And during pregame introductions, he was announced to 50 cents many men. And if you don't know, go listen to that song. Imagine being shot multiple times and coming back to that song, running out the tunnel. Goodness gracious. It'll give you chills all day on this year. He's got 113 carries for 447 and five touchdowns, 14 receptions for 137 yards, two touchdowns, um, his seven total touchdowns is the most on the team. Now, defensively, the Seahawks were among the league's best when it comes to stopping the run, going into the Ravens game. The Hawks were only allowing 3.57 per carry, was third in the NFL. Mm. But the Seahawks allowed 298 against the Ravens. Thank you, Ravens, for taking the knee towards the end of the game or you have 300 up there. So uh, now they dropped to 19, 4.2 per carry. Um, and then their 21st NFL allowing 122 yards per game on the ground, so it, it's time to time to get back to what you do, uh, Robinson. Great story. Uh, I'm glad you're with us playing football, but it's it's time to lock him down.
0: Oh, no question about it. I, I love that story. Like Bump said, look it up, Google it. It's a great story, and, and just to be in that moment. So props up to him. But again, not this week, Bump, because man, the Seahawks were too good at stopping the run, and and maybe you can call me a homer. I'm making excuses, and whatnot. You're not going to play an offense like that has Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Everything the Seahawks saw last week, you're not going to see this week. The defense played well up until about midway through the third quarter before the wheels fell off, and they got a lot of that yardage. So they're going to bounce back. But right now we're going to tell you exactly how they're going to get this win at the victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good!
1: The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk.
0: Leave it in the pass bump. It's gone. It's gone. There's one thing Pete Carroll does is he turns the page. Once it's Wednesday, everyone tells the truth on Monday. People take an off day. And now you're into the next week. So what happened against the Ravens is completely gone. Leave it there. And just change it up, man. Start fast on offense and stay on the field. Six first downs, one of 12 on on first down or excuse me on third downs is not going to be enough for this team. And Gino needs some time bump. He needs some time. He was under pressure. He's been under pressure for a couple of weeks now. Just do what you guys do. Give him some time. And if you can stay on the field, extend possessions, even if it's a field position game, you just can't be three and out, three and out, three and out.
1: Yeah, man. And receivers, you saw man defense against the Cleveland Browns. You saw some man against the Ravens. You got to shake loose. Um, get open, let's get it, and then be able to run the football. The Hawks had 15 carries for 28 yards. I don't like those numbers. And then, most importantly, take care of the football. The last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of turnovers. You don't want to give these guys hope when the commander's come into town. No question about it, man. And we're good at home this year, Bob
0: and that's a weird thing to have to proclaim out loud. It's just been, there's been a little bit of a a trend where the Seahawks hadn't won as many games at Lumen field as they had in years past. They're bond right now this year, they're three and one in 2023. So let's keep that rolling. This should be a get right game for the Seahawks. I believe it can be. Hopefully we'll be talking to you next Monday, talking about a Seahawks victory. Reminder, you can catch us everywhere at Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, and more. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate us. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm NASA Getting you ready for the Seahawks taking on the Washington Commanders this Sunday at Lumen Field. Again, we'll be with you next week, hopefully talking about a Seahawks win.